The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman was born to immigrant parents from New Delhi. As a child, she watched her parents go from a simple life to one that was very successful. And during this transition, they taught her business and a business mindset. As she became a young adult, she came to understand that social entrepreneurship was going to be her focus. And she realized she could do big and good at the same time. But she wasn't meant to be a nonprofit and was never going to ask others for money. She wanted to create companies that would make big money so that she could use it to shift social consciousness. Today, she operates as a thriving entrepreneur who has enjoyed a variety of world-changing product successes. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Shivani Gupta. Hi, Shivani. Thank you for joining me today. Hi. Thank you for having me. So we have got little time together and so much I want to cover with you. So I'm going to get started and jump right on in. So you were born and raised in America, yet looked Indian. So this caused a crisis of conscience for you. How important is it for women from immigrant parents to define their identity? And the second part of that question is, how do you stay in touch with your culture so you don't lose your cultural roots? Such a great question. You know, growing up in Texas, it was it was one of those things where I always thought I was American and that I looked American and I didn't realize it until I went to India that, wow, okay, you know, there's all this difference in terms of skin and color and all these things. But growing up in America, we're a melting pot. Everyone is here and everyone is together. Um, so I loved that growing up in Houston, we had so much cultural activity. We had so much engagement with our language and our food and our dance and, and holidays. Um, and I didn't really value that until I went to college. And that's when I realized, wow, you know, I am Indian. I have all this heritage and beautiful things that are part of my culture. Why wouldn't I continue to celebrate that? And then as I even moved on to motherhood, now it's, you know, a hundred times more important to me that I not only celebrate our culture, celebrate our holidays, but I also have, have built my whole business and life now around the something that comes from the Indian culture and from wisdom from India called Ayurveda. Yeah, that's beautiful. So do you think when women ignore their cultural roots, they feel a little bit lost? I think there's a little bit of like an, a, a lack or an emptiness there that could have been filled by the richness of your culture. Um, and I think it takes time to come to appreciate that. Yeah, and I agree with that. And it's not something you necessarily appreciated as in your 20s, did you? No, I didn't appreciate it until much later when I was like, whoa, okay, there's this thing that makes me unique, that makes me different. I'm a fusion of two cultures. And because I fuse my worlds together, I get to create something new out of that experience. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, I think it's very wise. So as a successful entrepreneur, you told me that every layer of business can be value-based. So I want you to explain what this means and also tell other entrepreneurs how can they build in value-based in their business layers. Sure. So when I went to business school, I became fascinated with this concept called social entrepreneurship. And the fact that we could build a business where the initial product offering itself is powerfully able to shift consciousness or shift the planet or shift climate change and these things that we're you know, struggling and grappling with. So inherently, I always wanted to build products that benefited people or the world. 
And then once you have that product that you've designed that does that, I find that each layer of business can be um, beautifully supportive, whether it's support local, support your local community, um, be paperless and you know use less paper, in your packaging, being conscious, or um, in your team, who are you hiring? Is there diversity in your team? Um, there's so many different ways to, to build that into your business. And then you feel good about it all around. Like for me, you know, I have a team of amazing women and we have lunch together and it's healthy, fresh and local. So there's ways to add these um, details that are so satisfying, but also so beneficial and give a new model of business to the world. Do you think that women do this more consciously than men? Um, Maybe. I think that there are some very conscious men out there in entrepreneurship that I have seen and met in the fair trade world, in the organics world, especially. Um, But yes, I think women, you know, our mindset is that of village and of community and of serving and nurturing. So inherently, we're going to build that into business naturally. Yeah. And I'm like you. I have seen uh, many men that are very social conscious in a very big way. And they put they put their money where their mouth is in terms of how they affect social consciousness, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So your ego sometimes shows up and mucks things up. How do you keep your ego in check and how can other women use their ego to serve them and not hurt them? Sure. I mean, ego is such an interesting topic because I find that as we're on our spiritual journey and spiritual evolution, we get into this practice of understanding ego and either letting it go or understanding it and saying, okay, you can walk alongside. And so for me, there's definitely been periods of time where, you know, my ego gets in the way because I'm so attached to a business and I won't let it go because if it didn't work, what does that mean about me? What does that mean about my identity? Um, But I've also used ego in a good way. I find that when we have a goal or a moonshot or a desire out there that we really want, we can work towards it. I did my master's. I did my PhD. I wrote a book. I became a speaker. These things were because I wanted to get to a certain point. And I find that that's a good use of ego. You're saying, hey, I'm going to push and build this identity, build this thing. Um, But then I think it's also good to take that moment when you get that success and really have a reckoning with yourself. That moment where you say with humility, thank you. Thank you to the powers that be. Thank you to the universe that I have this now. And now I'm going to use it to serve. I'm going to use it for good. So that's how I think you have a healthy relationship with ego. So before we leave this topic of ego, is there any uh, suggestions you would give of how women can be aware where their ego is in their processes and how they're uh, looking at things? How can they become more aware of that? Sure. I think that whenever your life feels out of balance or out of control, that's an indication. So I think we get red flags along the way. Um, I had periods of time after I launched my supplement company where I had decided I'm going to go everywhere. I'll be everywhere. So I went to every health event, every conference, everything. You know, I would just throw a dress on and heels and keep going and and get photographed. And, And one night I got home and I was so tired and I felt so empty. And I looked in the mirror and I said, who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? This is not you. You are not home with your children ever. You're not eating healthy. You're not feeling healthy. You're not feeling vibrant. You feel empty. So I think it's so important to just have those gut checks and have those calibration points. So eventually after that phase, I thought to myself, okay, you're you're going from ego towards this goal. What if we approached it differently? What if we approached it from service or from love? 
And I really started to focus on self-love and health. And I would have tea time is me time and different things that I teach. But those calibration points and gut check-ins, I find, are the best way to know, okay, am I going in the right direction or is this a little bit off course? Do I need to realign and recenter where I'm going? And be willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because recognizing it and not doing anything about it doesn't doesn't get you anything, does it? Very true. (laughs) Sometimes we do that. (laughs) Right. So risk-taking seems to be harder for women than men. So are you a risk-taker, Shivani? You know, my inherent nature is not a risk taker. And I did not know that until I had my daughter and I watch her and very, it's very obvious. She um, is very averse to risk. And I always thought, well, I'm raised to be an entrepreneur. I'm so fine with risk. Um, So what I've been doing in the last year, I've been doing things that force me to do, like I've been forcing myself to do things that scare me or that are challenging just to reprogram my own mindset around taking risk. Like I'll take risk in business because that's a very controlled environment. That's you trying to push levers to to move a business forward. But in my main personal life, I'm actually more conservative than I realized. And and is that something that you like about yourself or is that something that you'd like to have expansion in? I'd like to have expansion because what you are in one area of your life, you're going to be in the other areas. So in my life, I want to be a very successful entrepreneur who impacted the whole planet. Um, And to have that type of expansion and that type of impact, you have to keep pushing through your own boundaries. You have to keep being willing to push the envelope. Um, And so last year, I I sat there with myself and I said, okay, you have to get through a a list. And so I made a list of 50 acts of fearlessness. And they involved um, snorkeling, jetpacking, um, all these different things um, that that really gave me like discomfort. Fly a plane. So I put anything I could find on that list and then I did them. And so now when I feel something coming up in my business and I'm like, I don't know, should we do it? I can just sit with it and make a gut check decision and move forward. There's not as much um, holding back or pulling back or resistance because in my own personal mindset, I'm, I'm forcing a shift. Because mm-hmm. I think that risk gets caught up in fear, don't you think? Sure. Yeah. And then then that's a slippery slope as we start going down that fear slope. Exactly. Yeah. So it is important that women pay attention to whom they listen to. So my question to you is, how do you decide who you're going to listen to and let into your circle of trust? It's mm. a great question. Um, I very much trust my intuition. Um, I have learned to trust it more and more over time. Um, and it's, you know, amazing women who are leading me there. Um, I really watch people. I watch who they are, what they represent, whether it's on social media. I'll watch what they post, what their values are. Um, I will check with them at my community and make sure that the people who I'm about to engage with are good people. Um, but typically, I trust my intuition and then I trust their track record because that's how you can bring people into your circle who will really help you up level in your business. Yeah. So do you ever get it wrong? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. It's tough because I've, I've had multiple consultants in my business and now it's about the learning of why you pick a certain personality. I think sometimes you pick a personality because they're your counterbalance. They're not actually bad. They're just so strongly them and you're so far over here, and it's the confluence and combination that provides the result. 
But yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out quite the way you think, does it? Yeah. Sometimes you can't take it. Like sometimes I've brought consultants in and they push so hard that I'm burnt out and have to take half a year off. And I'm like, well, that wasn't a great idea, was it now? You know, so it is it is quite an art to find that right person who can work alongside you. So let's OK, I'm going to dig a little deeper on this because I think this is an interesting topic. So you, you've given a perspective on the business side How about the personal front. How do you do you trust easy in terms of people that get into your inner circle or is that pretty protected? No, I'm very protective. I have concentric circles of trust. You're my best friend or you're my inner girlfriend circle, my inner friendship circle, and it goes outwards from there. And um, sometimes you go through phases where people come inwards and can move outwards. Um, but I find that this life is a one life that we have, and it's our duty to protect our mind, to protect our heart, to protect our spirit, and to stay in alignment. And so if you're someone who's so focused on your truth and on service, it's very easy to get distracted by all the willy-nilly things happening in the world. And I just can't stand for that. I can't allow it. So I am I'm pretty protective of my time, of my energy. And that's how I can hold um, such a strong core value and mission around my life, because I know exactly the life I want to have and the life that I do have, which is incredible. And then around the business I've created, which is one of true service. So I guard my life very closely, if I'm honest, because I know that by doing so, I get to stay in alignment and service the way I want. So what do you do when you bring, so you've told me you keep these concentric circles and when you bring someone to the inner circle and they disappoint you, what do you do with that? Do they, do you, you slowly <laughs> start releasing them onto the outer rings? <laughs> it's, it's, it's an art and you have to do, I'm very diplomatic. So I, I won't hurt anyone's feelings no matter what. Um, but I slowly, lovingly am too busy I've noticed a lot in this last year, like I've made so much space in life and it's actually made it easier to say, hey, you know, I've got to stay focused here. I can't handle too much. And then you can slowly start making less and less time for those people. And then they get the hint. They make new friendships and, and fill their time with new people. You told me that you let others pull you, uh, that you don't let others pull you into their lesser value systems. So what did you mean by this and how can others manage where they get pulled into? You know, I have close friendships and it's taken me a long time to realize that even if you love someone, just because they say something doesn't make it right. Everyone has come from their own parents, their own families, their own culture, their own value, uh, value, values, their own upbringing, their own education, their own um, life experiences. And so I caught this a lot of times post-children. Children are, you know, really shift your life. Um, but I have a very strong set of ideals that I live by. And so I would allow people around me to guide me and say, oh, but we could do it this way, but that way is cheaper, that way is easier, that way is faster. And I finally realized that whenever someone says something, I should just take a second. Like you can do it within a second. You can take a second and sit with it and say, is that right or wrong for me? And your own body, 
your own intuition will give you the answer. You just have to train your own intuition to do so. Um, so sometimes someone will say something and, and it'll like spark something in me and I'll say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll park that thought that does not have to be planted in me. And so I'm very careful about that. I don't know if everyone is that conscientious, um, but it's, it's something that I've started to do because I can't be pulled left, right, and center by others. Um, I like to take a thought and, and really like ruminate on it, chew on it a little bit, and then decide, actually, no, that is your thought process. I have mine. We're cool. And so I've kind of retrained the people around me to understand that I will listen, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with you, believe in it, or act on it. And I, I say it with such respect, like I respectfully love you, but your thoughts are yours and mine are mine. And, and that's okay. But that's a, a maturity and understanding I had to get to. And that didn't happen overnight either, did it? No, it took a long time. <laughs> were, were there a few skin knees along the way getting there? Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> a little bleeding, sure. yeah. Yeah, because you, you want to believe the people who are closest to you. But I think that to be a true leader, takes you being so centered in what you know to be true that you don't allow things to pull you. Um, even right now, I was reading something in the media and I was like, oh, I want to watch that show. And then I was like, you know, Shivani, there's better ways to spend your time right now. You are committed for the month. So either you commit to serve or you commit to distraction. Which one is it? And so that's where we have the opportunity to constantly grow and not allow this outside world to distract. So I'm going to dig a little deeper on this one. So when when you do get pulled in, because you're human, so sometimes you get sucked in when you're least expecting it. How do you get yourself back on track? Is there a system that you use or? You know, I allow it because it's like reading a book. Sometimes you'll read a book and you just fall into it. Like for me, if it's a historical book of any kind, that's fiction. I'll just, I'll fall into that world. And it's almost like I'm immersed in it. And I'll say, Shivani, okay, that's great. That was fun. But you need to get back on the program. You need to get back on the path. You have a planner. You have a list of things to do. You have people you committed to. Um, in my world, I have a lot of teams and people in motion. And so if I drop the ball, all of a sudden there's this you know, domino effect where other things fall apart. So I am constantly calibrating to what are the goals, What's the plan? What does the team need? I'm never left alone for too long to just have fun and be on my own. There's constant pinging of people who need something else from me. Um, and so I, I, I have built fun and play into my life into new and really healthy ways. And that's the way I get to have it. I get to go to the gym. I get to go to yoga. I get to go to girls night dinner twice a month. So I have enough fun that I don't allow any, there's no room for anything else. So one of the things I heard you say in that answer was that you're good at self-correcting. Yes. I think that I have found that driven women, very don't, nobody has to correct them. They self-correct once they something is pointed out to them. Do you find that um, in that space that you can be too harsh on self-correcting yourself? For sure. I think I have very, very high standards for what I want for myself. And what's great is I've achieved all of it in my personal world. Amazing husband, amazing kids, amazing home, amazing travel, all those things. Um, and in business, I am really harsh on myself. Like if we are not achieving the goal, I'm frustrated. And that's, you know, I get angry, I get stressed, I get overwhelmed, all those things. 
Um, and so that's where I try to remind myself that even in business, it's a journey. Even in business, you are in a business of service. You get to teach and, and heal and you know improve people's lives. So keep the positive vibration there too. Don't allow um, looking at others or other people's companies or other people's success drive you crazy just because you're not there yet. Yeah, and we get caught in that, don't we, of comparing ourselves to other. And that is never beneficial, especially we as driven women. It's not. It's not because you're always moving the ball forward and you're never appreciating and celebrating where you are. So I try to remind myself we have to celebrate and enjoy this journey now because this is 100 miles ahead of where we were in the past. Um, and But that takes that takes growth to constantly remind yourself to celebrate the now and not only live in the future. And that takes a consciousness that uh, doesn't necessarily come easy for us as driven individuals. True. Yeah. But we need to be very aware of that because if not, we get into burnout and and like you say, we don't enjoy the journey at all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We have those two second celebrations. <laughs> What's next? I know it. I know it's true. <laughs> it's true. You literally celebrate for two seconds and then you're off towards the next goal. And and what's the point? What's the right. point of what we're working towards if all along the way it's it's work, work, and work and no fun? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you have stated uh, before and you repeated it to me that light workers have to stay in the light. So what does this mean to you? And what is the message you want others to remember? Well, to me, when you're in a business where you're serving, um, I created Fusionary Formula as my supplement line. So I get to lift up the world with turmeric and ashwagandha and these herbs. And then I also teach Ayurveda to women and transform their health. So both the things that I'm doing are truly about service. And it's only by standing in the light and being the light that the people who are meant to come and learn this or meant to come and transform will come. And so that's why I think it's so important to hold yourself exactly where you need to be. Keep doing the work, your meditation, your spiritual work, stay in alignment um, and really kind of guard your time, your energy, your vibration, because it's so easy to get distracted by media, negativity, um, people who are in conflict. But it's also easy once you've practiced it to just stay in the light, stay at peace. Um, and I think self-care is a big anchor for that. The more self-care and the more self-love I practice, the easier it is to stay in that vibration and stay in that space. Um, and so my advice and guidance for everyone is when you are a light worker, stay in the light, do everything you can and become aware when you've stepped out so you can catch yourself and put yourself back in because you can tell when you're falling out a little bit and you can put yourself right back into your center and know that, okay, this is where I am and this is where I'm coming from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little deeper on this one as well. So when you are in that space of being the light, I, I get that. Um, but we fall out, like you say. And I know for myself when I fall out because I'm not doing enough self-care and enough self-love that uh, it doesn't bring out the best in me. It actually brings out all the worst in terms of business decisions, how I react to people. And I actually go into a protective control mode. Have you seen this in yourself as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was recently planning a family vacation and everybody drove me nuts. So for about a week, I've been irritated and disturbed and not my happiest self. And 
and trying to control a situation where it's like herding cats. You cannot control every situation that exists. Um, and I finally said, okay, you need to take yourself up and out of the situation and look down at it and understand that you are fortunate. You're lucky. You have the most incredible family. Um, you get to travel during this time. You get to travel the way you're trying to travel. Let's, let's bring perspective. And you kind of have to constantly bring that fresh perspective in. And then also what I do is I'll start practicing more self-care. If I can't get my head right, I'll get back into my body and I'll make sure I'm exercising to, to burn through that energy. I'm doing yoga to realign. Maybe you need a bath. Maybe you need, you know, pick a, pick a self-care modality that you need. Massage. I've gotten two massages this week just to, to move through achiness. So you kind of have to do what you have to do to get yourself back in because too far out and you could just stay out there. And I'd rather just get back in the light, get back into my core and then go from there. So conflict is something most of us don't like. So Giovanni, do you avoid conflict? Absolutely. And all day long. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It has, you know, something has to be really bad for me to address it. Um, and even recently I was struggling with something in my business. And finally I said, you know what, Shivani, pick up the call and ask for another account rep. It's okay to ask for what you need. Um, but I have to coach myself through that. It's not my nature to, you know, just conflict with people. So when you do have conflict and certainly as a businesswoman, you're certainly going to have it. Well, even as in your personal life with a husband and children, conflict is going to come. Um, when you can't ignore it or run from it, how do you deal with it? As diplomatically as I can. Like I probably err on the side of wasting time and wasting money before I will actually address the issue. But when I finally do address it, I address it with total diplomacy. Um, We were recently in a rebrand in my company and my favorite designer who I've worked with for 15 years, we were about $1,000 in in terms of time and I couldn't resonate with the logo. And so Part of me was like, why, you know, why am I being picky? Why am I wasting the time here? And then finally I said, you know, I need it right. This thing represents me. It's a symbol. It has to reverberate with the meaning of what I'm trying to do here on this planet. It has to be right. And so I told him, I love you and I will forever love you. And I will work with you on every other project, but this project is not coming through you. And I respectfully, am going to have to switch to another designer I'm sorry, but I said it with such love. He understood me. He understood that although this is not the thing we get to do together, um, there will be so many others. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can approach conflict with such respect and understanding that you're not going to walk away unhappy or frustrated or angry. You can walk away mutually understanding that, okay, this one's not for us. Hopefully we can work again in the future on the upcoming. And I'll add to that, that the way you approach conflict, Conflict only works if you're not exhausted. Yeah. If you're exhausted, I have found we don't do so well. Sure. Dealing you with have it. to we have a reserve. Yeah. We, we, aren't, we aren't our gracious selves that we would like to show up as. Yeah. For sure. So, Shivani, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? That's a great question. Um, you know, for me, I find that sometimes we don't know how all the puzzle pieces come together. Like I couldn't have told you why I studied social entrepreneurship, started a business that was at Whole Foods, started a green blog, then ended up with my supplement company. And now I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and I get to work directly with women. 
Um, but it's almost like my, my message is hold the faith that as you're doing each project and each endeavor, they're actually linked together in a beautiful circle of what you are meant to do here. Um, and so as those opportunities come, as those ideas come, figure out intuitively if they are right for you. But if they are, take them. Like I'm in a position now where I say yes to a lot of things because there are opportunities that come. But I'm also very clear on what the no's are. For me to get to where I want to go, I have to stay focused. I have to stay on that path. Um, but if I had said no to a lot of weird opportunities that came along the way, I never would have gotten to be at this point where I'm doing my best work and I get to teach at a level that I didn't know I could. I get to serve at a level I didn't know I could. Um, I have room and space in my life now to write my next book and, and do those things that I truly am passionate about. Um, so that's really my message is, is keep checking in with that intuition, but keep saying yes to all the cool stuff that comes. It's even, even if you don't know where it's going to lead. Sorry? Even if you don't know where it's going to lead. Exactly. Sometimes they don't look like they are linked, but truly in the end, when you look back, these things were all linked together. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Shivani, I so appreciate you stepping out of your many companies and all the things you're working on to take a few minutes to share your wisdom with all those listening. It's, it's, such, it's been great to meet you and be with you. Thank you. It's been so great to meet you as well. And Shivani is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman story unfolds. <music> 